Hey everybody, John Troutman. Uh, just want to touch base with you guys on this episode of Truth or Comfort. We are interviewing or have on the show Todd King. Todd King has been investing in real estate for a long time. He's done hundreds of deals, residential and commercial. He's going to talk about you know his struggles, how he got into real estate, uh, what he's found success in. He he's uh, worked with people like Tony Robbins on the psychology of things. He's introduced that into real estate. He's going to show you his product called Triple Threat or talk about it uh, briefly and and why it's so effective. Anyways, for those of you that are interested, do me a favor, check out the link, check out this podcast. I, I think you'll enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. Let's just get into it and we'll talk about it. But I think our big thing is, you know, there's a lot of gurus out there right now. And, um, you know, I tend to shy away from all of them because most of them don't do anything. So I always just say, watch what people do. Their actions speak louder than their words. Um, I think in this industry, it's so true. You have people that have been out of the industry for so long, coming back in, talking about, you know, how they're crushing it and following their system. In my opinion, you know, there are some people that are doing programs now that, maybe haven't been relevant, but are very relevant in this current market, but they've never gotten out of real estate. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So that being said, those people, yeah, those products and services or their, those techniques work right now. But what, what just fries me out is these people that are like, you know, self-proclaimed gurus and have, haven't done anything. They show a check that they made four five, six years ago and they're just hanging on to that. And um, I don't know, it just rubs me around. Like you're either doing it and speaking from, you know, experience or you're you're making shit up. So um, I just like the fact that you're doing it and, and all of us, right? Like, I think the, the key thing is making sure that we're aligning with like-minded people. And that's why I think you fit in so well with what we're doing and you offer something um, you know, unique that you don't see everybody doing out there, which could benefit a lot of people. I guess that <laughs> getting into it, I guess, let's just jump right in. Everybody, John Troutman, we, uh, we're we here, uh, another episode of Truth or Comfort. I know it's been a little bit, we've moved offices, we're getting settled in, we don't have our traditional backdrop or anything, Truth or Comfort. Um, <laughs> But today we have a special guest, one of our newest team members. Uh, and as you guys know, Ricky is made up of a team. It's not one individual and there's no guru or anything like that. It's more about uh, with Ricky, it's um, a lot of like-minded people that have come together to form a company to share their knowledge with other people and strategies. So anyways, today we have a special guest, like I said, the newest member uh, of Reiki. I'm excited to have him on. It's Todd King. How you doing, Todd? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be part of the team. Yeah, we are too. So you guys, just a little bit of background about Todd. He's been investing for a lot of years now. He's invested in eight states He's done hundreds of deals and here's what I like. It's, it's, he's not a one trick pony where he's just done one deal over and over and over again. He's done everything from residential to commercial real estate. Uh, like I said, and he's helped a lot of people along the way uh, get deals and help them uh, hone their skills and, you know, get into deal. Anyways, 
he's also worked with uh, Tony Robbins in the past. He's done, uh, he's more about, and I'm not going to steal what uh, he has to share with you guys today, but he's got a system that's great. I'd like to, for him to share like, you know, or Todd, I'd like for you to share with, you know, how you got into real estate investing. And, you know, now you have this, uh, um, your, your triple threat, which is very unique. Um, sure. And as simple as it is, it's very effective. Uh, I'm, you know, I can't believe I haven't done it or heard of it before, but it seems like, oh my gosh, one of those, oh yeah, it's been sitting here in front of us, but no one's actually picked it up and ran with it. And you have in the reasons why you've uh, chose that path or that uh, path chose you and your effectiveness on it and the psychology behind it. I'd love for you to get into that as well today. So uh, not missing any more uh, time to, to, to pick up on that. I'm going to let you go ahead and jump in. Like, again, how did you get started in real estate investing? Well, John, you, the first thing I want to say is you said the keyword psychology. There's a psychology behind everything we do, right? And, and I know you just asked me a question. But I'm going to throw one back at you. Do you think we were born um, as an entrepreneur or do you think it's something that we're learned that we can learn over time? Um, that's a good question. I, I think uh, all of us probably have some sort of entrepreneurial spirit inside of us. And uh, I think what's instead of learning it, I think we unlearn it. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, the reason I asked too is because I go back to my story where there was a time I thought I was I was always an entrepreneur. And there was a time I went through a struggle where I was like, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't have what it takes. And you kind of get to that point, then you got to work yourself out of that. That's kind of what I want to ask. I want to hear your view on it. So I actually feel like I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. I started when I my working in my um, grandpa's tire shop. I don't know if you guys have read the book. I'm sure you have. Most of our listeners have read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And he actually has another book um, called Cashflow Quadrant, which is the second step. And he talks about the left side versus the right side of the quadrant. The left side is going to be your employees, your self-employees. Well, I grew up in a family that was very left-sided. My mom was a teller at a bank. My mom, she still works at a bank. My dad works at a plant. And my, um, my grandpa owned a tire shop, but that tire shop owned him. But I worked for him my whole life growing up when I was a kid, since I was 13, 14 years old. And, and how I really started being an entrepreneur is I started buying things with a little bit of money I was making there and trading up. I bought an old, I don't know if you're into four-wheelers, but I bought an old 1993 Yamaha Warrior for like $1,000. And I ended up trading that up and just part of negotiation, part of that psychology. And this is where I first knew I was, I was good at negotiation. And I, I traded that up for a 250R, which is like the racing four-wheeler. I only made it for a couple of years. And then I ended up trading that up for a truck and then into a Dodge Ram. So it's all but no, without putting on very much more money into it. So I've always had that negotiation. I've always understood that and always... Had a, had a good understanding of why I wanted to do that. And then I really got into real estate. I was 21 and um, I was going to school at Western University. And at that point, I was like, well, I want to do something different. I really want to own my own business. And um, I went to a class, um, one of those 90 minute preview classes. And I ended up signing up and, and got involved with the company. And um, at that point, I was like, this is great, but it's kind of that herd mentality, right? You get into these companies, these gurus that teach everything. It's always a big herd mentality. And that's one thing I love about your system, John, and why I think we align very well is because it is. There's not one person. There's, there's so many advisors. There's so many people. There's such a big support system that you offer. And um, so I had that, and I was doing really well. And, and I decided to move from West Virginia to Florida in 2006. What was the market like in 2006? Do you remember? And you were involved in, too. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going gangbusters in 2006. Anybody can make money. So right. I started my wholesaling business in 2006 in Florida, Fort Myers, Florida, and we were just crushing it. I mean, you could go and you can make $10,000, $15,000 assignment fees. It was so easy. And but then obviously, too, I got a little bit of a big head. But well, luckily, I did understand enough about the market that I didn't go and 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 get a bunch of foreclosures or short sales because I did understand enough about the market. And it's one thing I love that you talk a lot about to your students is, is understanding the market. Um, but then I kind of went through a, a kind of a stage too, where I thought it was a great idea. I'm going to go buy a music venue. So we bought a music venue. Um, it was actually a, a, an old building that we turned into a music venue. And I don't know if you, do you like country music, John? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, Myers and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we built this country music venue from scratch. Basically we tore down um, a couple, this is still real estate related. We tore down a couple old barns. And, and actually tore the barn wood from those barns and put it inside of this building. So oh, when you cool. walked in, you, it was like walking into this like 1800s barn and That's it was a saloon. Yeah. Even the stage, everything was an old barn door and but it was all modern, you know, t- great technology. And we ended up, um, it's 500 cap building. We ended up having some amazing artists like Ronnie Dunn came through Lee Bryce. And the reason I'm telling you this, cause I got away from real estate a little bit to focus on this but then obviously in the bar business, there's, you know, there's drinking, there's a lot of other things that, that happen, right? right. So I always say I started as a bartender, a server, and a drinker. So it was all three. Of the, that's, how, that's what I said. So, but, but I still had the business mindset on this. And, and when I had this, the saloon, and when we were doing this, it was, everything was going great. I had three kids at the time. I was married. But then not only was I drinking a little bit, but my, my ex-wife at the time was starting to drink a lot a lot and she um she had a professional medical degree and a lot of stuff happened and anyways long story short i had to make a decision you know i had to make a decision do i want to keep the business or do i want to want to keep my family and so that that was the time where i decided you know what i'm going to do whatever it takes i'm going to sell this i'm going to get custody of my kids i'm going to i'm going to go back into real estate full time and um and that's really what i did and it was a really hard stretch for a little bit. I sold something that, that built, made a lot of money. I made good money, but to get custody of the kids and with everything else going through, I'm 30 years old and had to be back in with my parents. Mm-hmm. Not, not as much financially, not because of that, because I needed the support to help raise the kids. And, and being a single father, it's, it's not easy a dad to, to get full custody of your kids. And um, so luckily I uh, was able to, um, my real estate got back into the, what I really knew and, so I really put my business back together in real estate. And um, one of the things, like I would say, kind of my turning point is I love Tony Robbins. You mentioned that earlier. Um, I actually do coaching for a company that he founded now called Fortune Management. So in addition to real estate, I um, actually work with medical professionals, doctors and dentists on the sides, coaching them on their, um, on their business side, their business acumen. Because, you know, most people go to medical school when they learn, hey, they learn how to be, you know, um, how to be a dentist or they learn how to do teeth. Yeah. Most of them don't have any, any um, actual business classes or understand anything for business. Right. So I come in and teach them that side of their business. I do that um, as well as running and run a full-time real estate business. And, and like I said, I just started launching this, but, but Tony's teachings, and there's one thing that really important that I really, I think that I really relate to my turning point was when I started understanding how people work. And, and Tony is big into um, something called the disc profile. Um, right. Yeah. So the disc is, and this kind of even goes back into how my products develop now. It all goes back into negotiations. And, 
And in the disc, basically, there's four, there's four types of people. And there is the D, which is your dominant type person, your determined person, your director. Then you have your I, which is your, the person's interacting, the big influencer, right? The socializer, the party animal. And then you have the S, which is your steady, your amiable, your relatable type of person. And then you have your C's, which is your cautious, your analytical, your overthinking, your thinking type. But when I started understanding the personality types, my real estate business started really growing. And the building, my offers were getting more accepted and more accepted. Because you can't talk to everybody the same. Right. If you can relate to a seller on a, on a piece of real estate, if you can talk their language and talk, not, not, not be yourself, but talk their language, then you're going you're gonna to be able to get more deals done. You're going to build more rapport. So, so, so that's, how, that, that's how you segued way into getting more deals. Was it, you know, what was the turning point on it? I'm just curious, like how you got into the triple threat. This was obviously the beginning of how it all started to manifest or show itself, right? Or you yep, exactly. That. So when I went to some one of the classes, they always said you had to make 25 offers to get a deal accepted. So right. and if you actually take and write 25 offers, that takes a lot of time. Right. So, and then two, you're making this offer. And then one of the things that I've always heard, and I don't agree with this, and that is, hey, usually, um, if your offer is not so low that they get mad or they laugh, then you offer too much. Well, I don't, I don't really agree with that because that's insulting a lot of times for one. And you're, right. and if, and you're not going to get, you're not actually help doing anything for them. So you're just basically an automation machine, which I love automation. And so I'm going to show you even with the triple that we can automate it. Um, but you're just throwing out offers you're throwing and you're wasting a lot of time. So what, I, what I'm really about is taking that personality and taking what they need and customizing that together. So with the triple threat is we're taking three, we have three different offers at the same time. So instead of just making one offer, saying one in 25 chance of getting it accepted, we're getting three, doing three offers at the same time. So if you're, present, you're presented with, hey, if at a restaurant, John, I'm big in hospitality too, because everybody's in the hospitality business. We all are, right? Right. So, but if you go to Ruth Chris and they come out and said, um, hey, John, do you want a um, shrimp appetizer? You have a yes or no question, right? Or yes or no, right? And then, but if they come out and said, hey, John, here's three, three special appetizers for today, which one would you like? Right. What are you more off to take? The second one, obviously having three options, right? It's just- and, you feel, and you feel like you need to take it, right? Right. Yeah. Because, hey, you're getting three different scenarios. This person's really trying to help me and offering three different scenarios. So why is that? Why do we do that? Is it, what's the psychology behind that? <laughs> I wish I had my PhD in psychology, but- um, It's not really- work, Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but really, it comes down to- um, just people like options. Right. And also people like it, like having something. And then people also have that scarce mentality. They have three offers at once. What if they don't accept any of these three, then when's the next offer going to come in? Right. So you go from three offers, one offer, low ball offer that some other wholesaler did came in and said, Hey, I'm going to offer you 150,000 or $300,000 house. And then, then you have somebody says, yeah, we're going to do an all cash offer. Hey, John, you know, um, I've really run numbers. I want to make this situation best for you. 
I can't offer you an all cash um, offer that you can leave the closing table with this amount of money after closing. But what are you planning on using um, that money for? I noticed you had some equity in that property. What are you going to use that money for? Right. So then, then listen to them. And then you're start learning their personality type as well. Listen to them. Oh, oh you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to go buy a car. I'm going to pay off debt or I'm going to, to do this. Or I'm going to put money in the money market. Well, what are they getting in a money market or a CD right now? Right. Yeah. Hardly anything. Anything. In fact, you're in inflation. You're actually losing yeah. your net worth, right? Right. You're losing. So, so, you know, CDs and stuff are, are not the way to go. So I always explain to them, you still have your, an offer number two, we offer them some cash. Mm-hmm. Offer number one is a full cash offer at a discount. Right. Offer number two is a combination of cash and a combination of them holding the paper. Right. But I always find out what the needs are for the paper and how much cash they need. You know, just for example purposes, I'll say, hey, we offer 20% down, but that's not Todd, you there? So, you yep, go. I'm here. You cut, out, you cut out for a second. Sorry. Okay. Yep. My, back so here. if you could go back to the second offer, if uh, the the amount down, and that's kind of where you cut out. Sorry. Yeah. So the amount down, I, I teach it a lot from like, hey, 20% down, but that's just a number. You need to find out the billing rapport, what they actually need. So you give them a down payment money, and then, then they hold the paper on the back. Got and it. Then so, so yes, you're having less money down. You're not using all cash, but you're also offering, now you're opening up your business to not just the cash buyers, but you're opening your business up to what I call the end users. How many people really have cash? Not as many, right? All these we buy houses signs, most of those are their wholesalers. Right. Uh, or they're using hard money. So how many people really have cash? What people are really looking at is that return on that investment. But if they're putting less money down and somebody else is holding the paper, even for a short amount of time, their returns are going to be higher. So now you can ha- you open up your buyers list to more people. Right. Because now you, I, that's why I don't really use the word in my system, cash buyers. I always use the word in buyers because in my system, you don't necessarily have to have all cash. Right. But you got to understand cash on cash return. You got to understand what you're, what you want in returns. If I bring a deal, if you tell me you want a deal at 20% and I bring a deal at 20% that's in a great neighborhood, you know, I want you to act on it. So I like it. So you're spending some time with these sellers and these buyers, sounds like. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And, and a lot of it too is, you know, I have a lead sheet that a um, that uh, my assistant usually, um, she answers all incoming calls and she goes through and fills it out. Then I take that from there and I go and I do my research on the property. And I understand, I know going into that conversation, how much equity, I know for first off, I want to waste my time. Um, you know, we weren't doing short sales for the longest time. I haven't done one since 2000 and um, probably 2011. It's the last time I did a short sale. Right. And, but now we're starting to think about, hey, we got to start thinking about doing these again, right? Yeah, we're in that cycle. It's going to happen right now. It's getting ready. You can feel it. Absolutely. You got to get educated on short sales. You right. absolutely right now have to get educated on short sales. Yeah, there's well, a that- forbearance. Yeah, the the lease options, all that stuff's coming back. It's been dead the last few years, but uh, obviously with the market, what it's doing right now, if people aren't relearning and taking the time to, you know, add more tools to their tool belt, you know, it's, it's, they're going to get left behind because there's going to be other people that are going to just gobble that stuff up just like they did last time, like yourself. When did you, when did you start perfecting this or honing in on this? What year, how long have you been doing it? 
So I've been doing this for um, really about nine, ten years. Okay. But I was, but I was actually after I started doing the um, the the restaurant, the saloon, the music venue. I started working for a company, um, doing some sales in real estate in a real estate arena. But they wouldn't. I was never. I could never do anything really on my own. I was always under their umbrella, under their, you know, they had the herd mentality. Hey, don't, don't only you do anything on your own, just go and be a coach, go be a coach for them. We'll pay you this amount of money. The problem is too, I could go coach for them, but they'd never let me coach the same person long-term to build that relationship. And, and that's, what's really important. It was, so I never really got aligned with that system. So I coached there for a while. And then I realized, you know, what, I do want to start branding this myself because I want to start helping people. And I know something that you're really big about and why you do this, John, and it's why I respect you so much is because it's it's not about you. It's about you putting this together to help people, right? Even letting me come on and talk about something that's different, you know? Well, I think that's here's the thing. Real estate is so big. I, I try to talk to people and tell them, like, there's so many different avenues into it. I still am amazed at learning how people get into real estate in different um, different areas because there's so much to learn that there's not one person that could teach it all. And if anybody says they could, it's just, it's nonsense. The fact that a lot of these guys teach uh, the stuff that they do, it's they've read a lot of it. They haven't actually done it. So I, I only like speaking to what I've done because I don't, honestly, I don't want to sit there and try to answer something and get messed up on it. It's just, I'd rather talk specifically to what I know and for the rest of the company, bring in people like yourself, experts in their particular area and let them be the expert because you guys are the authority in it and in your, your specific niche, if you will. And I'll stay in my bucket. And now we have covered way more ground and we could actually truly help people understand because people could read it out of a book and in theory help other people to a degree but if once you do it a lot of times then you you know all the little nuances and how to navigate through that so much better so you can only learn that through true experience not through reading it or in theory so anyways yeah it it has to be i I want uh, ricky to be you know the most diverse educational platform for real estate investors by real estate investors and so you know, uh, I love the fact that we keep attracting quality people like yourself to the business and that we could continue to educate people. So and especially during these times, because, you know, the last few years, it's been, you know, a, your traditional picks and flips. I could show the commercial models and stuff like that. But, you know, wholesale lease options are kind of come back. There's going to be a lot of different ways into the market that there just hasn't been that opportunity. So for people that have sat on the sidelines saying, I can't get in because of money, I can't get in because of whatever, you know, now's the time we're on, you know, uh, lockdown, right? Technically people can be learning all of these things from home, hiring a coach. And when you come out of this, you can have your business up and running and actually turning a profit and keep it as a side hustle or as your main, you know, what employment, unemployment may reach 40%, unfortunately, so what are you going to do? Are you going to wait for a job or are you going to create it, right? So there's going to be so much opportunity out there. And a big thing is what you just said too, is you, and there's going to be more um, land contracts, lease options, more seller financing than we've seen probably since the 80s. Right. And because even when the market was great in 2006, they weren't doing seller financing because a bank would give you money no matter what. Right. right? That's not the scenario now. 
So there's going to be more creative financing. Creative financing is going to come back. So, you know, I even said to myself the laugh the other day, I said, told somebody, I'll say, I'm going to go dust my uh, Carlton sheet. <laughs> Carlton sheets. Yeah. Yeah. I used to listen right? to his stuff all the time. <laughs> I think I that's back when they were on cassettes. I wore those things out. Absolutely. But you know, the, the principle is the same. And, and some yeah. of what I'm teaching is some of that, but I've just taken it with my attorney and we've adapted to today. Right. And, and that's what really is good because, and even though my, and some people are probably wondering, well, Hey, how are you going to get someone to hold the paper? There's a lot of different ways you're going to get someone to hold the paper. I can teach, I can, depending on their scenario and their equity position, maybe they actually hold the deed. Maybe we do a land contract. Maybe we do a lease option. Maybe we do a wrap mortgage. There's even a really creative strategy we can't get into now, but we actually put a second position on there. So it doesn't exercise a do one sale clause. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can get into and creativeness that you can get into when you're involved with a great team and have a great power team involved. I'd love to talk to you about that second position because although I haven't seen the do on sale clause ever exercised, right? The thing is, I can see it with rates as low as they've been and, and banks wanting to get out of those into higher rates. So I think for the first time when we're starting to do these, we will see people start or banks start to demand or, or spend some money on finding those people or, you know, uh, the ones that they could push the do on sale clause to get out of those low interest rate loans. I'm sure of it. You're absolutely right. And that's so important to get educated on these things, not just to go and try and do this on your own, go start setting up, you know, subject twos on your own. You've got to have yourself set up with the trust. You've got to have yourself set up with these second mortgages in ways that, that you're doing everything that you can do legally and, and right. right. And you're helping people. Right. Yeah. I, I love it. There's so, there's a lot of information. I'd say let's dig into it more, but just for the sake of time on this call, we'll have to save it for another, or, you know, quite frankly, someone's going to have to join the group to, uh, to actually learn some of those secrets, if you will, or nuggets, uh, not necessarily secrets, but they are definitely nuggets. And I appreciate you touching on those. So, so where do you see, where do you see everything going? I'm just going to kind of, uh, just go with it here. Where do you see the, the market going? Obviously, you see there's going to be a lot of deals coming out, seller financing, all that stuff. So um, what are you doing, I guess, to prepare for all for what's to come? I think it's really important for, for our listeners out there and for everyone that's wanting to get involved. The market is going, there's going to be a recession. There's no if and or buts about it. But right. right now is you're probably not going to get as many deals done right now over right. the next 90 days. Um, today is April 9th. And I would say over the next 90 days, it's going to be hard for any of us to get deals because there's forbearances. People know they don't have to pay their loans. But if you can get yourself prepared on the knowledge side of things over this next 90 days, so now you're ready, even maybe start setting up some, some of your website, some of your Facebook pages, for your business, start getting your name out there a little bit, right. and writing, maybe writing articles, writing content, working with, our, working with us on this. Then in that 90 days, when, when those forbearances are lifted, now people still aren't going to have their jobs. Even though they were allowed not to pay for three, for three months or six months, the step foreclosure is still going to happen. Right. So, right. I mean, I think you, now is this kind of, we're all kind of at a standstill, which I hate. A lot of people hate, but what are you really using your time? That's so funny. You must have saw my post this morning. 
<laughs> I uh, did. Like reinventing yourself, recreating. This is a phenomenal opportunity. And and someone wrote me back just, you know, right before we jumped on this call. It's amazing how we say we don't have time, but we're sitting at home, you know, watching Netflix and doing TikTok videos and all that stuff. Um, I'm just trying to to make sure that I'm creating new habits right now and uh, trying to learn something new, whether that's even working out from home, taking in additional books, um, applied for my pilot's license, all nice. that stuff. So just doing the stuff that I've been wanting to do. I don't want to look at this time and go, gosh, I wish I could have or would have done this in, in the past. But also learning new, like your, your strategy is new. I love the strategy. Um, I definitely see us and our students or other team members getting more deals using it. So um, I think what you're offering right now and teaching is, is uh, super relevant. And if people aren't gravitating to it, they're going to lose deals compared to the people that are using your strategy and getting more deals. It's crazy because people will say, well, you know, I could just figure this out on my own. Sure, you can, but it's going to cost you a lot more learning it on your own and making those mistakes, right? So you're going to pay for your education one way or another. And, and truth or comfort, it's not necessarily meant to sit here and I'm not trying to plug. That's typically not what it is, but I'm just stating facts right now for people that are listening. You're going to pay for your education one way or another. So that being said, I will plug you. How do they find out more? So um, my company is called Power Team Advisors. Um, okay. PowerTeamAdvisors.com, um, Power Team Advisors on Facebook, um, Power Team ADV on Instagram and Twitter. Um, again, this is all pretty new stuff. We've just all launched. And um, so, but I'm putting out a lot of content right now and I'm um, really looking forward to working with you as well. Yeah, I know we, we appreciate it. We push, appreciate uh, the knowledge, the transfer of knowledge, you wanting to work with us as well. So I want to ask you just a couple couple last questions. What was your biggest struggle in transforming to an entrepreneur? I'm, I'm just like, cause you said that yeah. early on that you were, you were starting to lose that a little bit. I'm just kind of curious. Um, I, I think um, one of the big things, a lot of people struggle with, everybody has obstacles that they encounter in life. Mm -hmm. And one of the obstacles that I encountered of starting real estate at 21 and starting my business, first business at 21 um, was my age. People would prejudge me. So, but the only way to really overcome that is by having knowledge. So I would let people, all the people say, you can't do this. I'd let all the naysayers say, you can't do this. And it kind of got me out of my way. That and I was in the fact that, hey, I'm just in college. I'm just going to go. And, you know, I was, I guess the problem is, is I made money too fast, too quick when I was younger. And then I went and bought, started buying all the stuff I shouldn't have bought, all that stuff. And, um, but then, yeah, so I had to re reinvent myself and it took kind of a, you know, that dip in, in, in your life to, to be able to reinvent yourself. So I'd say that was probably one of my biggest struggles. I guess you had to have that high to feel that low, right? Absolutely. You do. Yeah, you absolutely do. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's when we have that uh, aha moment because we just don't realize what we have until it's kind of gone. And once you hit, you know, whether it's hitting bottom or, you know, making yourself take a second and reflect and look at where you're at and what you had. And now what you what would you do differently? And speaking to that, you mentioned buying the stuff that you you uh, necessarily sh uh, shouldn't have had or bought. Um, I assume that you now invest 
in more assets than liabilities, right? Absolutely. We've learned that. But uh, that being said, how many how many Lamborghinis do you have? Is that an asset or a liability? Uh, <laughs> that's how you look at it, right? Yeah, I, I guess it depends on your your, <laughs> your business. I see a lot of the people that uh, not if you and your you CPA, right? What's that? <laughs> in your CPA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. If you have one, great, good for you. But if you have, uh, if that's what you have, like we see a lot of people, I'm, I'm here in the Phoenix market, so you could roll up to a uh, condo in Scottsdale and you could see, you know, a $200,000, it used to be a $120,000 condo and you'd have a $200,000 car. So those things are, you know, those just, pers- you know, your priorities I think are messed up because you could get that 200,000 instead of spending uh, money monthly that could be producing uh, income, additional income for you. So yeah, it's just, I guess, on how you look at it, right? Like you said. Absolutely, absolutely. So. I'm gonna do one last plug, uh, John. All right. My book, Money Scripts. It's about negotiating in real estate. Yeah, it's coming out in June. I've been working on it for for a long time. It takes about to negotiate in real estate, but also I actually provide actual scripts. But again, you can't be scripted when you're talking to somebody but it actually um, does the script. It gives you a foundation on how to talk to people. A lot of people, that's their biggest fear is actually going out and talking with people. That's why if you can get involved in a one-on-one mentorship or get involved in actual mentorship or somebody can help and show you and actually listen to somebody negotiate or even on the phones and stuff, it's, it, it's going to help you so much. Uh, it's called Money Scripts and it'll be out in June. Is there a link to it or um, do you have a URL yet? That I'll, get that, I'll get that on your Facebook group. Okay, okay, perfect. And I'm going to add to that, uh, people that are watching that want to get involved in real estate or that are involved in real estate, but not seeing the success that they want to see. I would say the number one thing that we see is people start to gather the knowledge, they start to understand it. But what they don't do is go out and network and they don't know or don't make those phone calls because they're scared of the rejection, the unknown. It's, it's fearful. But you guys, it's so your so your book uh, i didn't know about the book you guys but that's the number one thing in my opinion uh of what where the you know the people that have are actually doing it versus the people that have are just obtaining the knowledge it's all about putting it into action and that's that action so if you could help them with that i haven't heard of anybody necessarily doing that in our space so good for you nice thanks yeah we'll about trying to help people yeah it's a huge huge help, especially we're starting to do some local stuff where we all get on the phone in the same room and we're calling on foreclosures and notice defaults and, and, you know, distressed sellers. Um, So similar thing, just because it's, you know, we're all, um, you know, doing the exact same thing. So there's comfort and familiarity and, and everybody else doing it. But what we could use is some additional help with your book. So when your book comes out, let's uh, introduce that to some of the groups and uh, see how much uptick we get. I'm sure it will be a ton of help. Absolutely. And just remember in the, when you're talking to someone in pre foreclosure, there's not just one solution. There's three solutions. That's right. So they, oh. even if they're behind, catch up their payments and then take it over land contract subject to don't forget that. So again, what's this, what's your site? Just so people, if people watching want to learn more about how, how to, uh, to learn your system, what's could you give us your website one more time? Powerteamadvisors.com. Powerteamadvisors.com, you guys. Okay. It's all about the power team. It's all about who you surround yourself with, just like you, John. You, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, hey, Todd, I appreciate you joining us today. You guys, another phenomenal, I, I, I think, guest here on today's Truth or Comfort uh, podcast. So uh, anyways, thank you very much for your time. Looking forward to working with you closer and uh, more and our students extracting more from you. So thanks again. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Make it so.